is Hayden Raymer. Welcome to In the Clubhouse with the Nats Report. Uh, my name is Hayden. Uh, I'm your host. I already said that. Uh, and uh, I'm joined as always by my lovely friend and co-host. Jeremy Lapidus. Yeah, Jeremy, how have you been? It's been a little bit since we've uh, met and talked. Yeah, it's been a bit. It's been less than, it's been a little less than a week. A lot has happened since oh. we last talked. Uh, I believe the last time we did our uh, show on the Nats here, uh, it was the immediately following the first game against the Yankees. Yep. Uh, so like thirty minutes the, after the game. So it's been it's been a crazy couple games since then. Uh, I mean, first of all, when we were there talking after that game, the Yankees had lost nine straight. That game immediately following. Uh, nothing seemed to go right for the Nats. Uh, they got killed. Mm-hmm. Streak ended, and unfortunately, Stone Garrett, uh, who big fans of Stone Garrett here at, in the oh, clubhouse, yeah. massive. Fans. Uh, he had a pretty scary looking injury trying to rob a home run uh, late in that game. He, you know, got carted off the field with the the air cast on his leg uh obviously done for the season we hope for the best for him uh i personally haven't seen in timetable on his return i know he's not coming back this season but i don't know if you've seen anything about that hayden uh i don't think there's any specific timetable uh it was <clears throat> sorry my throat all funky i was transferred to the 60 day uh which, you know, that, like you said, that indicates he's definitely not coming back this year. It's physically impossible for him to, uh, with the roster rules. Uh, but, I mean, the injury itself, he fractured his fibula, uh, generally speaking. Uh, I mean, this is his case isn't the generic case. We don't know how bad it is, you know. But, generally speaking, that takes about six to eight weeks to return from. Uh, and that's just for like a regular person from an athlete standpoint, probably a little bit longer. Uh, but the good news is that timetable does leave him ready for spring training, which is the, you know, the best thing. Yeah. Uh, obviously we hope for the best. We're, we're very big stone, stone fans here. Yeah. Uh, stone's number one show supporter. Definitely right here. hundred percent. Yeah. Don't check that. Probably, honestly, I feel uh, pretty confident. I feel like that. I don't think there's <laughs> bigger Stone Garrett fans than us. Uh, a lot of you know, we saw him kind of take off this year. Where, sure, he had noticeable platoon splits, but he also brought you know power to that Nats lineup. Uh, it was just generally speaking, like a really above average hitter. Uh, something that the Nats don't have a ton of uh, this year. Yeah. Um, moving on from that, got some news a couple days later. Uh, we had talked about it, huh? It was the same day. It was the same day? No, it it wasn't the same day. Or was it the next day? Uh, I I know it wasn't the same day, but that doesn't matter. I think it was the next day. It might have been the next day. Yes. It was in the middle of the day when when I saw the the alert. It was the next day. Um, anyway, uh, even Strasburg. Has retired. We talked a little bit about the possibility of this on the last show we did, actually. Yeah. Um, That's the. I don't know what we are doing. 
but like <laughs> we have some weird sixth sense with the Nats this uh, lately, where it feels like anything we say happens, uh, or anything we talk about. I mean, we've seen it when it comes to lineup construction. We've seen it. That's the big thing that we've seen it with lineup construction. But now this is taking it to another level. <laughs> yeah. So Steven Strasburg. Uh, I don't know if it was official retirement or plans to retire at the end of the season. I don't remember exactly what the wording was. Plans to but... retire. There's a, a press conference on September 9th. Mm-hmm. So either way, he's retiring. One of the greatest Nats in the history of the Nats franchise, at least since they moved to Washington. Um, but... He's really good here. Um, yeah. He deserve. He's probably going to get his number retired with the Nats. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we talked again. We talked a little bit about it uh, with the all-time Nats starts. It's it's his debut start is up there. Mm-hmm. Number one, number two, number three, definitely top three. Probably number one. For it's on that Mount Rushmore for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he's been so good it's a shame what injuries have done to his career um i'm pretty sure you and i both agree that if he was healthy he probably would have been a hall of famer Um, yeah i mean when you look at the pace that he was on uh and you compare him to other players at his age he's up there uh had a really great start you know better than a lot of all-time greats yeah and i mean even with his injury riddled career he's still he still has a lot of those accolades. I mean, he led the league, league in strikeouts a whole bunch of times, um, or at least once. I think it was more than once. But uh, he also obviously has that World Series MVP under his belt. That's incredibly impressive. Uh, he never got that Cy Young, but that's tough to do, especially when he was injured as much as he was. But he was – it was electric watching him out there. Um and we wish him the best in retirement. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you kind of hit the nail on the head. He's a all-time great in D.C. Uh, and, I mean, this is – it's kind of uh, – what's the word? I feel like we're entering a new era for the Nets. So it's kind of, you know, poetic uh, that he's retiring now. Mm-hmm. Uh in like you know the post Strasburg Nationals now, because uh, a lot of that money, yeah, the learners will be paying for it, but I don't think that would be going against their luxury tax. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I don't I'm, know that I'm specifically, sure, like, but I mean, I'm yeah. sure they work some kind of buyout or some kind of deal with that, but uh, I don't. We don't. We don't uh, know specifics of that. So. Uh. But, yeah, no, he uh, did lead, lead the league in strikeouts once. You're right, the second time. Yeah, great pitcher. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you saw 2019. It's, you know, again, poetic. You know, that was kind of the pinnacle of his career. Uh, and, you know, the best year in the history of the Nets. So, all-time great. And I wish him, hopefully, you know, a healthy uh, rest of his life. And outside of that, uh, not 
as good news for the Nats. The Nats have been good recently. They've continued being really good since the break. They've continued being really good since uh, August started. Don't look now, Hayden, but they're tied with the Padres. I know. If I had uh... told you in on August 27th, at the start of the season, that the Nats would have the exact same record as the Padres, you would have thrown something at my face, I'm sure. Probably. Uh... I thought you were, <laughs> uh, you know, you're trying to be annoying. Uh, but here they are. Uh the Nats have played a really good brand of baseball the second half. Uh, obviously, there's it's not you know like they're the greatest team on earth. Uh, you know, cool off some expectations here. You know, they're, they're still running like a negative run differential over their past like 17 or 18 games. Uh, so there's still work to be done uh, to be more consistent winners. Uh, but I mean, it's exciting to see. You're seeing performances from all these. Uh, different players you know we've seen carter keeboom come up big in some of these games uh jake lou's been really good at least in this marlin series he's come through clutch a couple times yeah um, i mean cj abrams obviously lane Tam- thomas obviously uh we're just seeing a lot of you know kyle finnegan's looking incredible uh you know just give him some rest please uh so we don't <laughs> rip his arm off uh just a really good team right now. Yeah. No, it has been a very good team. Fun to watch. Talking a little bit more about this Marlin series. Um, they were killed by the long ball. Like, they were in, in, all, they were in all of these games. Mm-hmm. But the, it was, they always seemed to be a pitch right down the middle to Jorge Soler in particular. Uh, hit a lot of home runs off the Nats. Uh yeah, he's I mean, hit a lot of home runs off the Nats <laughs> this year. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if like a third of them, uh, the third of his thirty-five home runs are off the Nats, because uh, <laughs> it feels like he's hit like twelve. Uh, it's ridiculous. Uh, he's ha- just had a really good year in general. Uh, yeah, no, I mean that's been the issue for the Nats. Uh, they ranked 29th in the league in home runs. Uh, so. The home run happens to be the best hit uh, at scoring runs, uh, and they just aren't good at that. So when you know other teams are better at it, it it kind of hurts sometimes. But <laughs> you know they're scrappy. They're scrappy. Yeah, nets. they're scrappy. They're scrappy nets. <laughs> uh, we have some really good starts out of our pitchers in this mm-hmm. series as well. Uh, Jake Irvin and uh, Trevor Williams. Neither of them got the win. Trevor Williams actually got the loss in this last game. But both of them had one of their better starts of the entire year. Uh, I mean, again, they both gave up a home run to Jorge Soler, I believe. Uh, which, it's going to happen every once in a while. Yeah. But they had really, really, really good starts in this series. Um, is it the matchup with the Marlins? Are these guys getting their stride back? What's uh, What's going on with that? So, uh, I can't remember exactly who it was that I saw that specifically reported this, uh, but Trevor Williams over his last two starts, which have both been pretty solid starts, uh, today through seven innings of two run ball, which that's usually going to win you the game. Uh, Mm -hmm. he's been thrown (laughs) from the stretch these past two starts, uh, and that seemed to, for whatever reason, 
kind of figure it out for him. Uh, I don't think, I mean, I'll have to double check. You know, just watching these games, it doesn't seem like he's striking out all that many more people or walking all, you know, too many fewer people. Uh, I think he's just throwing more competitive pitches and being just a little bit more efficient with it. Uh, which, you know, that's going to help you win games. Uh, with Jake Irvin, he's been, in my opinion, probably the most consistent pitcher the entire year. Uh He's never been the, you know, he's never the top guy in that rotation in any given, like, round of the rotation. But he's never the worst. He just goes out, throws six innings of, like, three-run ball. And we just, you know, that's all you need sometimes. Uh, and that's really, you know, beneficial for the team. Yeah, absolutely. And we hit on the bullpen a little bit. They've been really good. Um, you know, they're not invincible. They're going to give up a couple runs, but they've been really good recently, and I know we keep saying that, but that's because they have been really good recently, and I want to keep giving them the props when they're doing good, because as we said a million times, the team goes as they go. Uh, it, and it's it's fun to watch this team when, yeah. the, when the bullpen's good. And when the bullpen's not good, but, you know. <laughs> uh, I did find uh, the person who I saw reported it. It was Andrew Golden of the Washington Post. Uh, was the one who tweeted that. But yeah, no, I mean, like you said, the bullpen. It's been great lately. Uh, everyone's has their moments in this bullpen. Where you know, I mean, everyone will occasionally give up a couple runs, have a little mild blow up, but generally speaking, they usually come in and get out, which is what you need from your bullpen. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was your biggest takeaway from this uh, recent stretch of games? It doesn't have to be from this Marlins series, mm -hmm. but this recent stretch of games from Game 2 of the Yankees series on. What's, uh, what's your biggest takeaway here? I mean, I have a weird takeaway. Alright. Uh... I like now Alex call I'm gonna two things with this. Alex Call is by no means <laughs> the best player on the Nationals, nor is the you know, the stat I'm about to give you that's not fully up to date just because I did the research like before this Marlins series, but I still feel the same. The I feel like the Nats play better baseball when Alex Call is in the lineup. Uh I looked up the stat earlier. Uh, let me see. Gotta he texted it to it. me. Uh, yeah, the Nats are 52 and 54 when Alex Call uh, appears in the game. Uh, and then they're 7, seven and 14 without him. Uh, now, like, it's not, like, the most scientific approach here. I understand these, like, that is completely random and you would need thousands of games to draw any meaningful conclusions from this. But it's just you know, the general what I, vibes. What I, think you're he what I think I heard you saying is that Alex Call is a 46-win uh, player. I, that's not what I'm saying, Jerry. <laughs> uh, I'm just... We constantly are talking about how scrappy these Nats are. They are at their scrappiest when Alex Call is playing. 
uh, especially when he starts. When he comes off the bench, it's you know you lose some of that a little bit. But he gets on base at a you know he walks a decent amount. Uh, and with those walks, he's also running these deep counts where I feel like a lot of Nats they just kind of go up there and after two pitches, the plate appearance is over. And that's not always the approach, especially when you're playing a team like Miami, where the biggest thing with them is they're young starters. You want to get to that bullpen, you know, because that bullpen, you know, it's a below average bullpen in the league. So, you know, you want to be facing these guys more is going to give you more opportunities to win. So, and he does a really good job at that. Yeah, no, I mean, you put him at the nine hole. He's not like, he's really good at setting the table for those guys. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, it's super important now with uh, in the NL without the pitcher being there. Obviously, recent years, you need that guy to be able to turn over the lineup, mm-hmm. and he's been really good in that role. You know, he's he'll hit a he'll hit a home run or two, but you don't be like Alex Call is the guy, and I want up it when I need a home run. You know, but if you need an inning extended, he's really really good at that. You know, get it back to C.J. Abrams and Lane Thomas and Joey Manessis at the top of that order. You know, those guys that that are generally your bigger power guys, uh, you know, score more runs. He's very, very good at that. Yeah, I mean, not even just, you know, kind of that also, you know, those that all that matters as well. But he's a really good defensive center fielder, too. Which, you know, having that great defense up the middle allows Lane to be in the corner, where I think that's probably where he should play is in the corner. He's just, you know, he's, he's scrappy. He's got the speed. He's got like, uh, all the little tools. Uh, and I, I so this just... brings me to another, another question actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and I meant to talk about this on our last show, but we went a little long. Mm-hmm. Um, Victor Robles. Yeah. What do we do with him? That is a really good question. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to be completely <laughs> honest. The Robles we saw this year is the best Robles we've ever seen. But he's uh, only played like 10 games. I understand that. But this is probably the best sample size of him that we've had in a long time. Uh Playing a little bit more than 10. You know what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just a little uh, bit. A little bit more. Uh, I just... He still has an option, right? Which... That keeps the case that, hey, maybe we keep him on the 40-man uh, this offseason. Because... Uh, I think there is no harm... There's no harm in keeping him. Through this offseason. Right. Uh, because in our last episode, we talked a lot about there's going to be a lot of tough roster moves that have to be made this offseason. And I'm curious on how far down the totem pole he's fallen based on performances like guys like Alex Call, who fast, hidden that nine hole, to play a really good defense in center field. Sounds a lot like this Victor Robles, you know? Um yeah. I'm just uh, curious how far he's fallen down that totem pole of, oh, he might be in trouble or not. So, I don't think he's a clear cut. Uh, 
and here's what I'm saying. You know, the day after uh, the, all these decisions are needed for these options and all that, I don't think is, you know, keeping him through then is a bad idea. You know, picking up his option and having him on the 40-man for the winner. I don't think that's a bad idea just because he's making three mil next year, right? Three million dollars. When we're talking about a payroll standpoint, an extra, I think what I'm looking to see what his buyout is. It looks like he does not have a buyout. This is a team option, isn't it? So it it's a be team a option, but I don't think he needs, I don't think there's, sometimes there's a buyout on those. Uh, just like to add more guaranteed money, you know? I don't see a reason in not picking up his option. It wouldn't shock me if he was not on the opening day 26-man roster. Absolutely, that wouldn't shock me at all. It wouldn't shock me if he wasn't on the 40-man roster on spring, like on the opening day. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, that's $3 million. Like, you know, it's not a no biggie. You know, we're, we're not the Pirates where we're worried about three million right but it wouldn't shock me if he was dfa'd over the mm -hmm. offseason to make room for a free agent signing or on opening day to clear room for a uh top prospect all right no that was just that's been something that i've been thinking about since our last show and you brought up alex call reminded mm. me um I didn't mean to interrupt, or interrupt you. Did you have anything else you needed to say about that? No. All right. Um, moving on. Blue Jays. Blue Jays. Blue Jays, Nats. Upcoming series. Um, on paper, Blue Jays should probably win a lot of these games. At least, at least when you, when you just glance at it. But uh -huh. you look at the numbers a little closer. These teams are a lot closer to each other than you would think. Um, I mean, that's they—they're both basically hitting the same average, almost the same amount of runs. Blue Jays are hitting two average points less. They only have eight more runs, same amount of hits. Home runs are a little skewed towards them, mm -hmm. but you look—you look at the—you look at the average here. They're Almost identical in a lot of these stats. Mm -hmm. uh, the I'm assuming slugging. Slugging? Uh, there's a little bit of a difference. It's only 14 points of difference there. I mean, actually. It's pretty sizable. Uh, what's the OPS difference between those two, Jeremy? Uh, 319 for the Nats, 327 for the Jays. Wait, what? These teams are a lot more similar than you think. Like, you wouldn't think that. They, ha they have... Almost exactly opposite records. Uh, these uh -huh. teams are very similar. Uh -huh. um, the main difference is the earned run average. The Blue Jays have exactly one run less yeah. on their ERA as a team. But the Nats get blown out every once that, in a while. That, that's, that's pretty bad, though, still. like I know, but that... But the that Blue Jays is, get blown out every once in a while, too. Everybody does. No, 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 no,
you're you're missing my point here, Hayden. Yeah, I mean, uh, listen, Jeremy, it's not like the Blue Jays have a AL Cy Young winner front runner uh, in their rotation. But they got a couple guys that are pretty pretty up there. You know, yeah, I mean, they do. They literally have the front runner for the AL Cy Young in their rotation. <laughs> Kevin Gosman, who uh, the Nats are facing game one. Uh, is probably the favorite, especially with the recent struggles of Garrett Cole. And then... And Barrios has been really, really good also recently. He's just been... Uh, I mean, his last start wasn't very great. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, he's been an above-average pitcher. You know, he's uh, on pace for close to 3-F4 this year. And then Bassett, and we'll pull up his profile to see what he's done. He hasn't as he hasn't been as good as the other guys. But yeah, he's been solid as well. He's been a major league um, starter this year. Yeah. Uh, no, but my my main point here is, I mean, another thing. Look, Vlad Guerrero and Lane Thomas have the same amount of home runs. Okay, but home runs aren't everything, Jeremy. I know, I know. I'm just saying these teams are very similar, very similar. If you look at the numbers a little bit, they're, okay. they're very similar. All this to say. Now. All this to say, I think this is going to be a tighter series than a lot of people think. Um, I don't know exactly where your head's at with this series, Hayden. But I assume most people think the Blue Jays are probably going to sweep this series. And I think they're wrong. Well, I mean... I think the Nats have a... I, I understand. I'm looking looking at the pitching matchups. It's yeah. a bit of an issue here. Look, <laughs> game one, we got uh, Kevin Gosman, uh, again, up there in Cy Young voting. Yeah. Uh, Taking on Josiah Gray, you know? If we have a guy that wants to go against a Cy Young guy, probably Josiah Gray. Uh, up next, game two. We talked about it a little bit. We got Jose Barrios taking on Mackenzie Gore. Look at that. Two excellent pitching matchups right in a row. I think, and I know it's going to sound crazy, I think the Nats can win both of those games. Okay? I really do. Game three. Patrick Corbin, Chris Bassett. Again, the pitchers kind of mirror each other here a little bit. Don't you think? No? A little bit? Not at all. What uh, are you thinking here? What am I thinking here, Jeremy? You're throwing a lot of names and numbers at me. Uh, I don't know. I have another thing that maybe potentially fuel your fire here a little bit uh <laughs> over the last 10 games the nats are seven and three the blue jays are four and six uh to say so one team's kind of sliding a little bit another team's on the up and up you could say that uh do i think nats sweep this series no i'm not saying that either hayden I'm do i saying. think the nats could win two games absolutely Cool, I'm glad we're on the same page here. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, Blue Jays have kind of been struggling lately. Uh, Bo Bichette, I think, just left a start or a game. Yeah, he left early tonight. He went five innings. So, you know, that maybe, or, you know, they're losing their best hitter. Uh, kind of scary for them. And they, you know, their trade deadline acquisition for shortstop just has gotten DFA too. So it's not necessarily bright in Blue Jay land. Uh, 
Yeah. I don't. I don't know, man. I don't know. I was looking when I was doing some research for this episode on this mm-hmm. series. Every single number. I was. I was waiing for the number that said the Blue Jays were going to kill the Nats because mm-hmm. oh, when nice. I look at the Blue Jays Nats matchup, I expect the Blue Jays to win just in my brain, you know. But the more I looked, man, the more I was like, these teams are so similar in numbers and stuff. And I think, I really, really do think the Nats can win this series. Yeah, no. I mean, I think, honestly, the biggest case for that, too, is Hinjin Ryu. Uh, we're missing him. We don't have to face him. Which, he's been electric since he's come back from Tommy John. Hmm. And I mean, and he's a Nats killer, I think, too. At least he was with we the just Dodgers. Kinda, we just kind of bowled through the uh, the start, the pitching matchups, but I mean, there's three pretty good pitching matchups there for this. All three games in this series have pretty solid pitching matchups. Yeah, I mean the Nats, especially are... especially if Corbin can be solid in mm-hmm. his outing. I think these are probably some of the better matchups we're going to see all season for the Nats. Or not for the Nats, just in a game with the Nats. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think we hope that, you know, if we're talking about top three starters, you know, the Nats could throw out there. Jake Gervin's probably there instead of Corbin. Uh, but then, I mean, Nats, it's pretty good. Corbin, if we get good Corbin, it's good. If we get the bad Corbin, because I think that's the issue of Corbin this year, is he's just in- inconsistent. Mm-hmm. But he has good outings and he has bad outings. We get good Corbin, we get bad Corbin. We don't know what Corbin we're getting, but mm-hmm. like uh, Josiah Gray and Mackenzie Gore taking on uh, Barrios and Gosman, those are some really good pitching matchups. I mean, like regardless of who wins that game, that's just going to be a fun matchup to watch. Both yeah. of those games. Um, and if we get a good Cor, if if we get a good Corbin day, that's going to be a really good matchup too. Yeah. No, you know? I mean it's. I think everybody needs to be on for the Nats. But yes. So I mean, yeah, that's the thing with all our starters, but both, of, but all three of those guys, maybe not Corbin. I don't remember Corbin's last start too well, but Gray and Gore both got hit pretty hard in their last starts. Um, Gore was the guy in the Yankees game. He got beat up by Judge a lot, um, and Gray he didn't give up a lot of runs. But they, we we were talking. He pitched Game One of the Yankees series. He had a lot of hard contact and he walked a lot of guys. So they're both coming off not their greatest starts, and generally these pitchers tend to bounce back after that. Uh, Corbin gave up two home runs in his game against the Yankees. Yeah, but I don't know what Corbin's going to do, so I can't say with that trend about Corbin. Yeah. Um, but Gore and Gray, they both tend to bounce back, have pretty solid starts after a bad one. Yeah. So... I am really excited for this series. Um, and I hope I'm not, like, being too biased about this, but these numbers are all really similar. Like, I didn't expect that, and I think this is going to be a really tight series. Yeah, no, I think uh, when we talk about it, when it comes to, like, the Phillies, I think we're probably a little biased there. I think we're less biased on the bias scale here than then. <laughs> no, I, I I think we were a little biased when we thought the Nats were going to do really well. Uh, 
but maybe maybe that's just the fill the the they effect the Phillies series. had. They won that series. They won. No, they didn't. They didn't win that yeah, four did. game one. I'm not talking about that four game one. I'm talking about the one recently when they won two out of three. And, okay. You know, and they the Little League uh, Classic. Mm -hmm. I remember. That one. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, that series. Okay. <laughs> Do you have anything else you want to talk about? I do not. I do, actually. I lied. Oh. Aiden, who's your not to watch in this series? Jacob Young. I did have to ask you about him. Yeah. He pinch ran in that ninth inning, and that was the first time I had seen him. Maybe I just missed him earlier. Who is he? Tell me about him. So, yeah, uh, he just got called up. That was actually his MLB debut was when he was uh, pinch running there. Uh, and... He's a, a fun player. Uh, I'm trying to think of like a Nats comparison for you. Uh, Roger Bernardino. I, I can't make that comparison. It's going to be 2019 or later. Uh, I, I watched him make a couple plays in the outfield tonight too. So, I don't know. He seems fast and he can play a solid outfield. I don't think he played in the outfield. Did he not? I... I don't know. I was at work and I heard them say, "What a catch by Jacob Young!" And I looked up at the TV and I assumed it was in the outfield. Oh no, he was. My bad. I forgot. Uh, yeah, no. I mean, he's a good defender. Uh, there's questions about how he kind of hit in the majors. Uh, he only had a little bit of playing time in AAA before they called him up. Uh, and he didn't really have the best results, but he was doing really well in double-A. Uh, if anything, uh, Alex Call. Uh, <laughs> he is Alex Call. Uh, that's the comparison. Uh, he's going to play some good defense. I don't think his defense in center is going to be quite as good, but like his ability to kind of bounce around, you know, he has, I think, a stronger arm than Call. And he just, you know, he's a good base runner. And I think really honestly what the hope is, is he hits better than Alex Call, and then their decision's made on who their fourth outfielder going the next year is. Because mm -hmm. uh, this is his opportunity to steal Call's job, I think. Do me a favor. Yeah? You don't have to do this now, but look up Roger Bernardino, because he sounds familiar to him from what I remember. And I just looked up his stats, but... There's a lot of numbers on here, and I can't really find what I'm looking for at a glance. So when the show's over, just I'm take a look. I'm looking for me. at him now. Uh... Anyway, not important. Yeah. Uh, my my nat to watch uh, in this series is gonna be uh it's gonna be the, the starting pitchers. I know it's a little bit of cheating, but it's not as much as the whole lineup. Uh, you're a hypocrite. <laughs> what do you mean? That's barely cheating. That is okay? a, you're a hypocrite. How? How? I did not just go out there and say, oh, the entire Nats lineup. No. Uh, I, I, listen, I, 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 the Nats <laughs> offense would have been better? Is that what you're saying? That's what you said. <laughs> Are you saying the way I worded it is wrong? I'm confused. <laughs> you just said they're yeah. starting pitching. I, I want to see the Nats. I want to see the three starters. Uh, Gore, Gore Gray and Corbin go out and pitch. We talked, I mean, I talked a little bit about him when we were going over the pitching matchups. 
if those guys are on and they're pitching well, I think the Nats are gonna could win these win these games, and I want to see them pitch well. This isn't cheating. I've picked a batter every single time. Okay, I don't want to pick a batter. I want pitchers, and I can't just pick one of them because that's not how this works. It is how this works. Fine. You want me to pick one? Is no. That what you want? No, that's not what I want. No. No, I want you to live in your hypocrisy. All right, like get out of here. All right, everybody. I think we are good. Yeah. Anything else you want to talk about? No, I think we're good. Thank oh, you wait, so wait, much, wait, 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 wait. I do have a question for you. Uh, they optioned question. Blake Rutherford after the game. Who's replacing him? Luis Garcia. Mm. I dig it. Okay. I have no idea. Anyway, I'd like to see that happen. I'd like to see him back on the big league roster. Yeah, I think. Because, I, I mean, they got they have a lot of outfielders. You know, they don't need they don't need to call up another outfielder. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, do they? Anyway. I mean, it's just Young calling Thomas as your like outfielders. You got Jake Alou playing outfield too. He's a left fielder at best. Okay, that's still an outfielder. They were okay. if they were gonna call up an outfielder, it was gonna be a left fielder. Maybe they called Jeter Downs back up. I don't know. Maybe. I'd like to see Luis Garcia, though. Yeah. Or Victor anyway. Robles. He's hurt. Or he's back. <laughs> he could be back. Is he actually, though? He could Is he be. playing AAA right now? I don't think he's playing in AAA. I don't know if he's rehabbing yet. He's not back. No, he's not if rehabbing he was, yet. I'd... He's not rehabbing yeah. yet, but... I hadn't heard he was back. If he was back, then, yeah, call that'd him be, up. I'd that'd like be to, hilarious. I'd like to see him get some reps. No, it'd be hilarious if just healthy. no rehab, just immediately, <laughs> you're back, pal. Uh, Comes back, no, he's Mike Trout. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you so much, everybody, for tuning into this episode of In the Clubhouse with uh, the Nats Report. We have been your hosts, Jeremy Lapidus and Hayden Raymer. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will see you next time. Bye-bye.